0: we make our marriage stronger. What are the four things that can help build a healthy relationship in marriage? Join us today as I interview Reverend Roger Sonnenberg. We'll discuss how to establish flourishing relationships through unconditional love and grace-filled lives. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. My guest today, Reverend Roger Sonnenberg, is pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Arcadia, California, a professor of family ministry graduate studies at Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska, and chairman of the Family Shield Ministries Board of Directors. Welcome, Roger. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to talk to you.
0: Oh, that's always a a joy to to share with you. And uh, uh, we're going to talk today about strengthening marriage. And I guess it would be good if we started with you telling our listeners a little bit about your family and your wife.
1: Well, uh, I've been married uh, for 30 years, and uh, we uh, have a son named Jacob who is uh, presently in uh, New York as a stock analyst. Uh, He's twenty. Uh, five years old. And uh, we, um, as uh, a married couple now, are being challenged because we're being uh, caretakers of our mother or of my mother-in-law. And Mm -hmm. so uh, that always adds a new dimension to marriages.
0: Yeah, there's always something new happening. Is your wife still traveling back and forth, taking care of your uh, mother-in-law?
1: We, uh, of course... uh, my mother-in-law has a home up in Washington, and so we travel back and forth from Washington to California, and she actually spends or has to spend uh, up to five months there to, to care for her. And oh, then huh. she comes down here, and we provide for her care here.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's a challenge that your marriage is It really is. We have no
1: idea. You know, we heard about other people talking about it, but you have to experience it to know sure,
0: it. Sure, sure. What do you like best about your wife? What's your favorite
1: thing? My I wife think? is just Hi, of course, I'm a pastor, and I can say truthfully, I think I have the best pastor's wife in the world. She is so uh, relational, and she just loves people as I do, and uh, we love our ministry together, and she shares that ministry. And uh, I have to tell you, I I was truly blessed uh, by getting her as my wife.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, you're a Christian pastor, and I'm sure many times you do talk to couples, either from your congregation or in your community, about issues that they're going through in their marriage. Can you just highlight maybe a couple things that often come up as challenges in marriage?
1: I sure can. I, uh, of course, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a psychotherapist, so I do a lot of counseling and as I've been counseling couples, I, it was interesting. Just uh, yesterday, I counseled a couple and I just uh, reminded them that uh, the problem with their marriage, as I saw it at least, and as they shared with me, was that uh, if they expected uh, the grass to be green, they needed to water it, and uh, they weren't watering it. Uh, you know, in California, we have a real drought now, and um, everything is. Uh, looking like uh, it needs water. And marriages can also Mm. look pretty dry if uh, we don't continue and keep watering it with uh, the things that we know are necessary for a good relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And I guess a lot of times just communication or lack of communication is one of the things that that often Mm -hmm. cause just the maybe not major issues, but Issues in marriage.
1: Oh, I, I just have to agree with you, Kay. It's certainly uh, the biggest uh, one of the biggest issues. Uh, they just don't talk to each other, or they just forget about. You know, I always tell my confirmation students you have to memorize First Corinthians thirteen four mm-hmm. through eight, where it gives a definition of love. And uh, I, I tell them, I said, you always have to examine your love for a person based on that perfect definition by God. And it says, love is kind. It means you don't forget those I love yous. You don't forget those common courtesies that we're sometimes very good at before we marry, and then afterwards we forget them. Mm-hmm. We just neglect one another, and, and, and it goes back to what I said. We just need to keep watering the grass if we expect it to stay green.
0: You bet. You bet. Well, one of the things we want to talk about today is uh, four things that can help build a healthy relationship. And I think uh, these are from Jack and Judy Belwick's um book? Is it a book? that It is
1: called The Family, A Christian Perspective.
0: Oh, I have that. Okay. And uh, let's just kind of uh, flush out what they are. I think the first one is a covenant. Tell us what that
1: means. It's interesting because the author's here. He's a professor at Fuller Seminary out here in California. And I love this book because it talks about uh, how similar our relationship has to be with one another uh, to what God's relationship is with us. And he says, basically, God's relationship with us consists of four things. He says it starts with a covenant. Secondly, he says, in order to keep that covenant, there has to be grace. Thirdly, he says, there has to be intimacy or good communication. And fourthly, there has to be empowerment. And he begins with covenant because, of course, that's what God um, did with us. He made a covenant with his people, didn't he? You're my people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that covenant, of course, is so essential, so so important. We know, for example, that's why the rate of divorce for those who are, uh, who marry after they've lived together uh, is higher than those who have not lived together, because uh, they begin with the basis sort of of, if this works out, if you mm-hmm. meet uh, the mark, then we will stay together. If not, Uh, this marriage isn't going to last, or this relationship isn't going to last. So they bring that into their marriage. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is a commitment. It means no matter what, we're in this together. And uh, a crisis comes along. It doesn't mean that the marriage is over. We're going to work through that crisis. We're going to work through that difficult time. And this marriage is going to get even better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important that we have a commitment, a commitment to the marriage, a commitment to each other. And, of course, you mentioned the commitment to God, because we want to talk from a perspective of uh, helping all marriages grow stronger, but we want them to know the Christ of the Bible.
1: Certainly, and that's really where it all begins. And we can talk to couples until we're blue in the face, and we do that sometimes as pastors and as counselors. We say it's so important to have that connection with God uh, and with your Lord and Savior, Jesus, in order to have a good marriage. And they come into your office sometimes, and they'll tell you how much they're in love, and I'll say, well, what does that mean, Et cetera? But without a relationship with God, without Him pouring His love into you, you can't possibly love one another uh, as you would like to, and as God would like you to love that person.
0: Mm-hmm. And we, we also need to remember in marriage that we we two sinners come together into being one couple that are married, and we're going to fail each other at okay,
1: times. Okay, you're so right. And, you know, people... Just don't always understand that. I always tell people I marry, don't expect perfection of each other that belongs alone to the Lord Jesus Mm. Christ. Mm. And that's why that second element is so important the element of grace. You see, as Christians, we understand God has forgiven us. And forgiven us, though we sin and we are so unfaithful at times, He still continues to love us and He shows us grace. And that is exactly the second element that's so Mm -hmm. necessary for our relationship with one another, grace, mercy, forgiveness. Not thinking we've married the perfect person because we haven't, or Mm -hmm. expecting perfection when we will never find it other than one who is someday in heaven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So acceptance and forgiveness for our spouse.
1: Absolutely. Good.
0: What about intimacy?
1: intimacy is really what you started out with, and it's certainly uh, essential, and that is good communication, because without good communication, uh, any relationship fails. Um, it is interesting, you know, uh, again, going back to God's relationship with us, we talked to him. I talked to him this morning and uh, on my way to work. I had this wonderful conversation with him. I know people sometimes. See me in the car <laughs> talking. They say, Who's that guy talking to? I'm talking to God. And I love it that I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I came back, I came to the office this morning for a morning devotionals, and I let him talk to me. We mm-hmm. had this wonderful, beautiful conversation together. And, and that conversation has to be carried over. The conversation with another person um, in, in marriage, intimacy, conversation, communication, good, healthy communication is necessary. That takes a lot of work. Take some intentionality
0: on our part. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't you say, as well? I asked you earlier what are some of the major issues that marriages face um, that many times there is no intimacy, not just communication, but uh, other areas of intimacy that are just left. Uh, you know, wife doesn't touch the husband. Um, no. uh,
1: to that t- importance of touch and the importance of staying connected physically. And when Bolswick talks about uh, intimacy, when Jack uh, addresses that in his book, uh, in their book, he does talk about the importance, not only just of good communication verbally, but physical communication as well. It's interesting, our Lord never performed a miracle unless he first touched a person or Uh, accompanied it with touch. And so touch, physical touch is important, just connecting with each other. If it's nothing more than a pat on the shoulder or just an embrace or what have you, but that physical intimacy is so vital and so important as well.
0: I I just want to bring in the Five Love Languages book as we talk about this because I think so many times um, the spouses say, well, she doesn't love me, but maybe they don't know the spouse's love language. Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah. my love language is service. <laughs> so yeah. I love it that my husband uh, goes and warms up my car before I leave in the morning and gets the paper. And, you know, he he's retired now, but he, he does so many things that show me that he loves me, besides telling me Um but uh, it, it takes time for us to learn that, and we could talk more about that a little later, but uh, I just wanted to bring that book up,
1: because it's, well, it's a great, point. It's a great okay. book. It's that importance of physical touch, and that's one of the mm-hmm. love languages yes, we is. know uh, for many people, that's how they know if they're loved or not. So. Uh, physical touch is, is vital and important. Yeah,
0: okay. Um, anything else about intimacy that you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, I just think you make a good point, and that is is that we need to identify what that love language is, but we, especially if it is physical touch, make every effort to embrace and just sit close to the person or spend some time with the person uh, holding hands or what have you. It's interesting. In our world today, we've sort of lost touch with each other in many respects. We think if you go, for example, to and getting off a little on the subject, but at the same time seeing how dysfunctional we've become, you go to a restaurant and you see everybody in the family texting or doing something mm-hmm. with a little phone, mm-hmm. which is so unfortunate. We've just lost touch with each other other than maybe, again, through a text or a tweet or what have you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, what about empowerment, and how does that relate to marriage and strengthen
1: really a great uh, characteristic that's necessary. Uh, Empowerment, according to the authors, means that one uh, tries to help the other person be everything he or she can possibly be, meaning that we uh, go out of our way to help our husband be as successful and as fulfilled as he can possibly be. We go out of our way to help our wife uh, be what uh, God intends her to be and what she desires to be, to empower her. Uh, again, going back to the fact how, of how God empowers us, he empowers us how through the means of grace, the word and sacrament, the most beautiful thing, we come to worship, and he, he empowers us to be who he wants us to be. On our own we can't be, but uh, with his help we can. And so we need to do the same with our spouse, the person we claim we love.
0: Mm, mm, okay. Sometimes uh, empowerment maybe is a negative word for some Christians. Um, maybe they're thinking the wife is going to, you know, be empowered and um, uh, be the one in control. Uh, let's talk for a minute about the relationship between the husband and the wife in marriage and okay, what God's great, Word says great. about it.
1: It's a great point, and that unfortunately has been misinterpreted. Sometimes the word empower doesn't mean that you, you be um, uh, superior or whatever, but you become who God wants you to become. Uh, you you become everything God wants you to be. Uh, and and it, again, it's not a contractual. It's not a, a power sort of thing. It's more of, again, fulfilling the purpose that God has given to you and fulfilling and being who God wants you to be. So it's not an, a, at all in any way a, a power grab or an attempt to be more important than the other, other person, but, but You know, again, if you're with someone who feels like he or she is is using the gifts God has given him or her, you're going to find a much happier relationship with that person.
0: All right, good. I'm going to make a few announcements, and then we'll come back to continue talking about strengthening our marriage. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our listeners. This week, we're offering Renewing the Romance in Your Marriage. To receive a copy of this booklet, call us at 314-772-6070. You can sign up to receive the Family Shield email newsletter on the homepage at www.familyshieldministries.com. It shares upcoming radio topics and guests so you can promote them at your congregation and in your community. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to Family Shield Ministries. Call Thrivent and ask for choice dollars at 800 847 4836 or go to their website at www.thrivent.com. Family Shield is a listener supported radio ministry and depends upon your prayers and support. To pay for airtime and the distribution of this program to 51 radio stations in over 25 states. We encourage you to send a donation of $20 or more this month to support our work. Send it to Family Shield Ministries. P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. Remember, your gift is tax deductible as allowed by law. I want to go back to my guest, Roger Sonnenberg. We're talking about strengthening marriage. And uh, we've been talking about the uh, four things that can help build a healthy relationship covenant, grace filled relationships, intimacy, and empowerment. Uh, Any other thoughts that you had uh, related to that, Roger?
1: Well, I I think, uh, again, if we remember those four things, remember how God uh, is in relationship with us and how those four things are so important, and how uh, we have to also then recognize uh, the same four things are so important in our relationship especially with our spouse.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Well, you mentioned uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. I want to just read it, and maybe we can talk a minute about that. And uh, it says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, Roger, isn't this really talking about God's love toward us?
1: It certainly does, and it shares with all of us the truth that love is uh, a verb. It's not just a feeling. And unfortunately, the world has it all mixed up. Mm -hmm. We uh, sort of... uh, See today, especially in the uh, world of the media and the world of television and what have you, that whole thinking that if you feel a certain way, then uh, you act on your feelings. That isn't the way God sees love. Feelings come and go, feelings fluctuate, but love is a commitment, love is a covenant. It's the same thing that we have with our Lord and Savior Jesus you know sometimes we may not feel like he loves us but the truth is he does love us again love is a verb not a feeling or not just a feeling
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. good well as we talk about uh, strengthening marriages um, can we talk a little bit about the importance of prayer and forgiveness in marriage
1: Yeah, it's interesting. As a therapist, I love to look at some research, and the research has shown that prayer is absolutely vital. Uh, There was a gentleman uh, quite a number of years ago who was sort of uh, one of the uh, uh, beginners of, of family counseling, Christian counseling. And he talks about prayer and how he used prayer, and he discovered, he did a survey, and discovered that every couple... Uh, that prayed uh, uh, and and faithfully did it every day uh their marriages were saved without exception hmm. uh, as compared to those who didn't uh, it's hard to to pray with another person, and I'm talking about praying with one another and to stay angry with one another oh. for very long. Hmm. so I always recommend that couples pray together mm-hmm. and pray. Um, asking for forgiveness, and and I always call it a five and five. I say, you know, maybe you need to pray for five minutes, and you need to pray for five minutes, or whatever. But that import the importance of prayer in a relationship.
0: Good, good. That's great. And yes, we do need to pray and forgive each other. And as you said, while we pray, it's pretty hard to stay mad at your spouse. Yeah, um, that
1: forgiveness, uh, it, and that's what's so unique about us as Christians. I just love it. And, And, you know, the strength of what we believe as Christians, Lutheran Christians, is the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus loves us, forgives us, died for us, came not to condemn us, but to save us. And Mm -hmm. we can carry that into our relationships. We don't have to make excuses. We don't have to uh, do this or that or whatever to try to get out of why we did something wrong. We can just simply say, I'm sorry, and receive one another's forgiveness, because why we've received it from our Lord.
0: You bet, you bet. Well, uh, Roger, can I just ask you to share, without names, just one story of a couple that you maybe have worked with that's that that's marriage that's marriage was in trouble and um, and now is strengthened because of yeah. some of these things that we've talked about today.
1: Now, one of the uh, misconceptions of the. Uh, uh, statisticians out there is that uh, Christian marriages are no different than uh, other people's marriages who are not Christians, which is false. Uh, Harvard study did an interesting study regarding uh, Christians versus non-Christians, and uh, the rate of divorce is much lower for those who are Christians those who go to church on a regular basis, etc. But I can share a story, and I'm, I'm just a uh, story that, uh, uh, of a couple, I just, and again, not sharing names, but a mm-hmm. couple where there was even unfaithfulness. And where they were able to salvage that marriage, it was uh, only by God's grace. And uh, there's still lots of work to do, but they salvaged their marriage through this one thing, that, is, that of the gospel, that of grace, that of uh, receiving and, and and giving each other forgiveness.
0: Do you think uh, it's really important when they have a serious problem that they get into some kind of counseling
1: Oh, it's just so vital and so important. I always tell couples, I just counseled someone the other day, I said, you know, they're marrying them in a few weeks. I said, don't you ever be so proud as to think that you don't need some help at mm-hmm. times. Because what happens too often today is people get in trouble, they come for counseling at the last resort. Yeah, when it's, it's too, too late, late. yeah. Now, I always tell couples, you know, you know we must not ever be so proud to think that we don't need help. We all need help at times. We all need to talk through some of the things that are happening in our lives. And I think it's uh, one of the, the real mistakes that we make is that we sort of look at a congregation sometimes in, in worship, and we say, oh, everyone is so healthy here. Look at that person <laughs> over there or that couple. Mm-hmm. Everyone's hurting in one way or another. Because we live in a sin-filled world. Because we do, it, sin is there, and we are sinners, each and every one of us. So that what may look to be so wonderful and like there are no problems in that family, it's just I don't always think it's the case. No. Because, again, uh, Nothing is perfect in this world, and we'll never find it. Yeah,
0: We're going to give away the Renew the Romance in Your Marriage booklet. It's one of our booklets that we give away to our listeners when they call, no cost. Uh, But what are some of the things you would suggest to a couple to renew the romance in their marriage?
1: Well, I think, first of all, uh, begin with respect for one another. I think uh, we just sometimes, the way we talk to one another, we just don't show a lot of respect. I think it's important to sometimes agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I, I, I always tell couples, you know, there are some things that you're never going to change in another person. You just have to accept them. Uh, you may not like them, but you have to accept them. That's part of life. I think you have to also learn to fight fair. And there are lots of things we could talk about there in regards to fighting fair and, and how we make sure that our affairs. Don't, uh, our, our fighting doesn't include escalation or invalidation or withdrawal or negative interpretations. And then uh, we need to remember that uh, love, again, as I stated earlier, is a verb. It's not just feelings. It means that you, you act on that love. It's that Liza Doolittle line, you know, uh, words, words, I'm tired of words. If you love me, show me. Mm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's great. Well, I, again, uh, we're going to give away this book, Renew the Romance in Your Marriage, and it's produced by Lutheran Hour Ministries. Their uh, response center helps uh, us, and uh, we uh, have them giving away booklets. They have lots of little booklets, and I, I want to encourage people to not only read it for themselves, but if you know someone that maybe just needs a little boost, uh, this would be a good book to give to someone that you know that, you know, they're not having serious marital problems, but Maybe they just need that little extra information that they can read and grow.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great point. That is sharing your, what you know and what God has given to you. I think as Christians, sometimes we don't always share those truths about love and marriage, etc. And we should be bolder. In that. The scripture says we should be the salt of the earth. We should be the light to those in darkness. And There are a lot of people around us, many people who are in darkness. We need to... We need to be bold enough to say, you know what, this is what God's Word says. We need to be bold enough to talk about what God says about love and, and the definition of love and, again, be, I think, a little more intentional in the sharing of the good news that we
0: have. You bet. You bet. I'm so glad, too, that your story mentioned um, that there was a couple that you worked with that there was infidelity, and then they were able to work that out. Because I, I, I hear that a lot, and um, sometimes people think, well, that's the end, that's it, I'm out of here. But there are many marriages that have survived yep. infidelity and other very serious issues, aren't there, Roger?
1: You're absolutely right, Kay. and I just, uh, I think when we say that there are certain things that uh, would doom the marriage forever. I think we're saying something contrary to what certainly God's Word says. Mm -hmm. God's Word says all things are possible. And again, that doesn't mean that every marriage where they've experienced unfaithfulness will be able to come back together and and keep it together. But Mm -hmm. uh, it is possible, because God gives us that promise. We have to believe His promises. Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, just a few minutes left. Uh, Roger, what else would you like to share related to marriage?
1: great way of reviewing where your love is is to go to that passage those passages you read k in first corinthians 13 because we have to say how does our love match up to this definition here and there's another section that if i can just close with in the book of revelation it says if you fall out of love and you think you're no longer in love it says remember what it was like do it again and guess what will happen Oh, that's great. And I think that's a great uh, a way of of our any of us who might think we are no longer in love to start over again. Again, start doing what you once did, and you'll be surprised at how you are falling back in love.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. My guest has been Reverend Roger Sonnenberg, and we've been talking about strengthening marriage. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. To learn more about Family Shield, go to our website at www. FamilyShieldMinistries.com dot com, www family dot com. Uh, we hope that you have a wonderful week and uh, join join us again next time.